Good morning, Trinity Church. My name is Blake, and I'm going to be reading the scripture for today. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was built upon the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. These words are true. Let's pray together. God, our hearts, I mean, the reality is, Lord, even people today that might be watching online or even come to one of our services that do not believe in you, it is baked into the human heart to want things to be just and right and fair. Like humans need to breathe. I mean, I think like the Maslow's hierarchy needs, like they're these basic things that humans need. One of our deep, innate desires is that things really, truly be just and right and fair, which is why the enemy is all over attacking even the idea of what justice might look like. And so, Lord, I I ask even today as we continue to move into this, we talk about what it means to get deeper connected into Christian community. Man, you help us work out our faith in community with you and with each other. I pray that we would be participants, God, conduits of your grace, participants in doing good things in this world and conduits of grace Um, God, as you bless us back to other people, let us be those who help order things rightly. If you would, even this morning, just ask, Lord, speak to me. If you would, this morning, even just ask that the Lord would, would speak through your pastor. Pray for me as I proclaim the word today. Take a moment and pray for the people next to you that God would speak in their lives. Sitting right next to you, pray for them. In your wonderful name, Lord, you do what only you can do. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you all in the house of the Lord. And uh, I love, we, every year, we talked about this last week, I'm going to do it again for the next couple of weeks. Every year, we pause in our sermon series, thank you team, and, uh, and we, we take the time to just talk about what it means to be connected in the church. How do we get connected in, in the church? And so we're going to continue that, continue that today, kind of the journey that we call the growth track, getting plugged into the church. What does that, what does that look like? Uh, The big idea that we're using for this little tiny brief series 
within the bigger one. Uh, the big idea that we're using this year for the growth track is this. Uh, I, I believe, I believe, I believe in a world without loneliness. I believe in a world without loneliness. I believe in a world without loneliness. The problem is uh, the world is full of Right? Like, I believe, I believe, I really do believe that God desires that we continue to move into a world that wars against loneliness. The problem is we live in a world full of, of loneliness. And as we talked about last week, the church, the church is literally God's designed structure to help tackle this broken part of what it means to be human, the loneliness, the loneliness piece. That's a part of it. The other thing I would say, and we talked about this last week too, just to kind of bring us into this week. We don't want to be a church, and this is so important to me in my heart. It's so important to me. We don't want to be a church that's only about ideas. We don't want to be a church that's only about ideas. We want to be a church that's about we don't want to be a church that's only about ideas. We want to be, I deeply want to be a church that's also about relationships. That's about relationships, relationships with God, relationships with each other. If all of our knowledge, Bible knowledge, dumped on top of us, right, like we just learn more ideas and more ideas and more ideas, but it doesn't actually manifest in a deeper relationship with God and with each other, we're missing the point of it. We don't want to be a church that's only about ideas. We want to be a church that's about about relationships. Now, in our system, at our campuses, locations, um, even like when we planted one church, the DNA that we put in that is this. The journey from Christian ideas into Christian community we call the growth track. So in our church, now every church, right, is doing something like this. This is what we call it. The journey from Christian ideas, you're going, oh, wow, that really hit me. I never thought about it like that. Into Christian community, that journey, we call it the growth track. The initial step in our growth track is discover Trinity. We talked about that last week. The initial step, the first step is discover Trinity. The second step is connect, right, which is where you join a group. So the initial step is what we call Discover Trinity, and the second step we call Connect, uh, which is joining a group. And so I have a couple of our, three of our, couple, it's a couple is two, not three. I don't know why I said that, three. We have three, three of our wonderful group leaders, and I'm going to invite you guys up. Come on up, come on up. And uh, if you would, welcome them to the stage. Uh, I love that they are here with us today. And we wanted to give just a few minutes. I'm going to scoot this over to the side so you can see a little, a little clear. Hopefully you all can. I want to give them a chance to share a little bit about small groups uh, because they help lead them, three of our, of our leaders. So, okay, first of all, just down the line really quick, what is your name? And maybe what campus do you worship at? I'm Linda McClure, and we worship here. Right, right here, literally. You guys, that's good, that's good. I'm Danny Baker, and I also worship here. I'm Trevor Dodsworth, and I worship at East Fishers. Ooh. 
We, we, still, <laughs> we still love you. We love you here. So these three are uh, some of our small group leaders. We actually have quite a few more, but uh, we wanted you all to have a chance to share just a little bit. So it won't take long, I promise. It'll be easy. Two quick questions. The first question is this. Why do you believe groups, being in a group, is so important? For me, I believe that people are hungry for very intimate, authentic relationships where they can connect. Yeah, yeah. And groups are a place to practice that. Yep. Right. It's small enough that they feel safe. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. Danny, what about you? I, I'm involved in a number of different types of groups. I'm involved in uh, uh, discipleship groups, community group, teach a Sunday school class, mentor uh, a young man. But all those, it, it boils down to relationships. You know, we, we all need fellow believers that we can, we can learn from one another. I, I've, I've seen that so much, and, and I think it's extremely important that we continue to do so. Yeah. Yeah, when I think about it, I think it, it comes, I think of humility, right? So just the idea that we can all, like you're saying, we can all learn from one another. We all have different gifts, different experiences, and small group is a great place to come together. People come together in humility. And you can feed off each other, encourage one another, lift each other up, challenge one another. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so second question. Oh, go ahead. You can say something else. No, go for it. Good. Second question uh, is this. Has, or how has your group impacted you for the better? Because many of you started off participating in small groups before you ended up leading them. So the journey, how has it impacted you for the better? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we're, I look forward to going to group because, uh, I mean, at this point, that's our friend group, and I love having friends that are pursuing Christ and their families and, and, and personally. Um, but then, like, I mean, like I was saying, it does, like, challenge, challenge you, right? So, um, so a great example, so uh, someone in our small group, um, Luke, has a very concrete faith. Sometimes my thoughts get a little jumbled, that type of thing, and I appreciate his concrete faith, right, that can— you know, bring me back to the principles and that type of thing. Um, and so you grow together, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we started attending Trinity here a little over 15 years ago, and one of the first things that I got involved in was a Friday morning discipleship group. And that has just, that has solidified my faith in Jesus it solidified my faith in my fellow man, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, my time in, in Sunday school is, is spent, I do a lot, of time, a lot of time in preparation, but when I get to the class, there's just, I, I learn so much from, from the other people. And, and my, you know, I, I love, I think it's the, the proverb that says, iron sharpens iron, that I really do believe that to be true, and that I found that in, in the different groups that I've been a part of. Yeah, that's good. For me, I'm just still always learning how faithful God is, because um, actually, you asked me earlier how long I've been doing this, and I didn't remember, but God was so faithful to bring back my sermon note, and you preached a sermon on 425 and 21. Oh, boy. And... Uh, it was intimacy versus information. Yeah. And I sat in that service and I thought, 
I'm not like you. Like, I don't get all excited about learning and, you know, mm -hmm. the higher education <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't. So anyway, um, but that resonated with me because yeah. I could, I am all about intimacy and yeah. friendships and relationships. And I just felt like the Lord led me that you can do this small group thing. Yeah. And I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know who to invite. So I invited everybody. Like I just went down a list and I had like 30 people. And I remember telling myself, don't pre-decide, don't yeah. pre-decide. And I invited two women that aren't, they weren't Christians when we started this. And so in this almost three years, it's been amazing to see how they needed to connect with other women. Yeah. It's been amazing to see how they're connecting with God. Yeah. As they share their faith now, it's completely different than it was almost three years ago. Wow. So God just teaches me all the time that you don't have to be a scholar. Yeah. You don't have to know all the answers. He will be faithful if you just put one foot in front of the other. So the other thing that you said was in a healthy family, children experience intimacy before information. Yeah. And I feel like this group has learned about intimacy and now the information is sticking. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay, you're dismissed. No, thanks. I, <laughs> no, that's excellent. And I, and I want to thank you guys even for bailing with I know it can be kind of nerve wracking getting up in front of people, especially since we're doing this service after service after. Uh, but I want to thank you all for being willing to come up and share your heart a little bit. And, uh, and, and, and even as you state, these good things, we want to state them as an invitation. I mean, the goal is that others can come and participate in groups or maybe even feel called to help lead them too. And so you guys, thank you so much for coming up. It was great to have you. I do want to do just really quick. I want to kind of put a little, uh, for Linda, a little theological nerdy stuff behind this. Malachi 3.16 is a, is a great text to kind of ponder the idea of the importance of being in community and talking about your faith. Malachi 3.16 says this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. What did they do? They spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and he heard them. They spoke with one another. He paid attention and they heard them and he heard them. And it's really interesting, in fact, even the name Malachi in the Bible, Malachi literally means the messenger or my messenger. And so like if, if I could take you, sometimes I wish so bad, I could like take the whole church, you know, jump into a time machine, go all the way back in history, travel to a certain spot in, you know, ancient Mesopotamia, sit down and like see it played out live in front of us. That would be awesome to do. And, uh, but I, I mean, I can't do that. I can only do it in your imagination here. But at this time in history for the Jewish people, they actually were establishing a kingdom. This is like Ezra and Nehemiah. The kingdom has been built. They begin to put together their new story of what it means to be a kingdom of God. And they're beginning to get their rituals down correctly. So it's like right practices. They're beginning to build right rules for the community. They're even beginning to like bring in justice. But it's this like constant battle. And what you find in Malachi is, is, is this idea. The distance between the head and the heart is a really big deal. 
So like there are people that can know a ton about God, know the laws of God. You're, you've heard the stories of Jesus. You get it. You know like what some of the expectations are for holy living. But man, to have it go from what you know in your mind to actually being in your heart, that gap is a really big deal. And what the Lord is after is not mere knowledge. He wants you to have his love, his heart, his ways, his passion. He wants you to have it in your heart, in your heart. God wants you to want his justice too. God wants you to want it too. Malachi 3.16, it goes on, and the book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. And so they literally, as they talk about it and write about it, they put it down and they're to have conversations about it. These people, maybe the way to say it would be like this, these people knew about God, but their hearts weren't healthy. These people knew about God, but their hearts weren't healthy. Now, I mean, come on, let's be really honest. Many of us that have grown up in the church or been in the church very long, we know people that know a lot about God, but when you're around them for very long, you can just tell their hearts aren't healthy. Malachi, literally a messenger from God, he tells the people in this disconnect between head and heart, Malachi is a messenger from God, tells the people to begin a very important practice. He literally calls them, let's say, it's time to begin a very important practice. And this very important practice is basically this. Talk about what he, God, is doing in your life. Talk about it. Talk about what God is doing in your life. Talk about what God is doing in your life. Talk about what God is doing in the lives of those around you. Talk about where you need to grow spiritually. Talk about where you have grown spiritually. Hear others do the same. You need to talk about your faith. That is one of the primary engines the messenger of God gives to the people of God to help move information from the mind to the heart is to talk about what God is doing. I'm going to invite Josh up. And uh, I want to illustrate this. Give me a second here to get ready. I've got a, I, wanna, I, I really want to make a mess this morning. That's my goal. And I'm going to take this and I'm actually going to set it aside. I want you to imagine with me that somebody walks in the church and they are literally dying of thirst. I know it's not like, like maybe our church sits at the edge of the Sahara or something. And they walk in the church and they're, uh, I mean, literally dying of thirst. And they come in and they're like, Pastor Mike, I really, I desperately need a drink. I need a drink. I got, I got to have some liquid. So I'm like, all right, all right. I got, I got some. I got some for you. I literally got a gallon of water here for you. And they're dying, dying of thirst. And they're like, please, please give me some water. So imagine I'm like, all right, I'd love to, I'd love to get you some water here. And I'm like, do you want it? And they're like, no, more, just more water, more water. I'm like, okay, more water. Pastor Mike, I'm dying of thirst. More water. I'm like, okay, do you, do you want to take a drink? There? More water. Pastor Mike, more water. But you're, you're, you're literally, you're, you're dying of thirst. Do you want a drink? Take a drink. More water, Pastor Mike. More water. Pastor Mike, please, more water. I'm like, 
you need, you need to, are you going to drink this? I want you to pretend that this represents biblical knowledge and this represents people in America. You're going to download podcasts. You're going to listen to sermons. You're going to read books, order them on Amazon and just keep. You're literally dying of spiritual thirst and you're demanding more information, more information, more information, more information, more information. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're never going to actually quench your thirst unless you take it and drink it. You won't. In fact, there are people right now, it's so funny, like us, us senior pastors, we are all connected and we talk with each other. There are people, even here in Fishers, Indiana, right? And we live in a, we live in a, a place that is uniquely obsessed with knowledge. And there are heart unhealthy people that literally bounce from church to church angry because all they care about is more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. And it's like as a pastor, I wish you would just stop and drink it and let it actually change your life. I mean, how much more do you need? Seriously. I want to do this with a five-gallon bucket. Like, I mean, seriously, when you're, 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 you're spiritually dying and you're demanding more knowledge be poured on you, but it's not going to actually make you healthy until you stop to drink it. It, it just won't. Maybe, maybe the way to say it is like this after I destroy our stage. Uh, maybe the way to say it is like this. Most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience. Most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience. Way, I mean, not even close. You can scripture bomb me from miles away, but dude, you drive by every poor person. You treat your kids like you're, you, you have the same problem they had in Malachi, a heart and head issue. Most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience. Maybe another way to say it would be like this. In a world with a tsunami of ideas and information, we desperately need to take the time to process the truth ourselves. Maybe you don't need to order another book on Amazon on spiritual. Maybe you don't need to download five more podcasts. Maybe you, maybe you just need to stop and drink deep. of the simple biblical truths that you already have. Maybe instead of always chasing a new idea, you ought to pursue actually being transformed. Maybe. We know biblically speaking I mean, not just from Malachi, but from the meta-narrative of Scripture, the large picture, that this idea to actually nourish us, this, this transition, it is done in prayer, it's done in community, and it's done in conversation with God and others. That's where it's done, literally. So if you go back to the Malachi text and you think about it, this is happening, right? Like through Ezra and Nehemiah, and then the story, so it's like that, that whole historical moment, which we went through in detail a while back, 
they're having all this knowledge poured out on them and it's not getting into the hearts and it's not getting healthy, right? And so the command to Malachi, literally the, his name means my messenger, the messenger of God, his command to them to initially start dealing with this problem, he says, start talking about your faith. Talk about it. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it in a small group. Talk to God about it. One way, one of the ways that you drink deep of truth is you begin to process it and talk about it. This is done in prayer, community conversation with God and others. So here, we're going to practice this today before we run out of time. Let's take one very common biblical idea and drink it deep. Okay, so what I mean by that is I purposely, in fact, I was, when I was looking at my notes, I thought, I want to find a Bible verse that most of the people in this room have had like gallons and gallons. You've heard it preached on 50 times. You've heard it stated. You've heard, you have more information than you ever need for saving power from this one specific verse. You've heard it said so many times. I want to pick a verse that's not a new idea. And I even want to trim it way down to just the first part of it, right? So here we go. Proverbs 3, 5. Not even 3, 5, and 6, which is what everybody memorizes, but just Proverbs 3, 5, the first part of it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The history, the context, the background, all of that's really important. But what's also really important is to take those simple words, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean as you drink that verse deep? part of your life does he actually want to nourish with that right right there what spiritual warfare are you fighting and here's what I want you to do just the rest of the morning take the next steps card And I want you to just go before the Lord with this one verse and drink it deep. What is the Lord saying to you? Where does this verse need to nourish? What part of your body desperately needs to trust in the Lord? What part of your mind, what part of your spirit, where do you fight with fear? Where do you fight with anxiety over the future? Where does the Lord want you to take trust in the Lord with all your heart? Actually drink it deep. I want you to take some time. I'm going to let you literally just reflect on your cards, sit with this verse. But then the last challenge to you is this. Don't let God's work in this go without obeying Malachi. Share it. 
If you're in a small group, when you get there tonight or this week or whenever your group meets, share what drinking the word of God is doing. Let them share what's happening in their lives. Have conversation around it. And if you want to, you can take your cards, like process it with the Lord. And you can bring it up and lay it at the altar as a conversation to God. Lord, here's what I think you're speaking to me. But remember what you wrote down and share it with somebody else. So I'm going to give you back to the verse. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is God wanting you to do with that verse? What space does he want you to drink this deep in? Lord, in your name, you take them where you want them to go. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sunday Sermon on the Made for More podcast. If you are not connected in a church community, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message on social media or fill out a digital Next Steps card at EncounterTrinity.com slash Next Steps.